Welcome to the More You Dig Podcast, Episode 4. Hi everyone, welcome to the More You Dig Podcast, the podcast about how minerals, metals, and mining make our daily lives possible. And my name is Jordan McCandless, and today I'd like to talk to you about light. Specifically light bulbs, the modern method of generating light for homes, schools, businesses, etc. Frankly, without materials derived from mining, this method of providing light and producing light through bulbs and electricity, the flip of the switch, etc., would be lost, and we'd have to revert back to using things like fire and candles. Now, I'm as big of a fan of fire as the next guy. I love me a nice campfire on a cold evening. I love s'mores. I love the, the warmth and the heat of a campfire, but I certainly prefer our modern method of providing light through bulbs uh, rather than through fire. So I'd particularly like to focus today on three kinds of modern light bulbs, all three of which everyone should be familiar with or you would recognize if you saw them. That's incandescent bulbs, halogen bulbs, and fluorescent lights. Now the incandescent bulb is the classical Edison-style bulb. Halogen bulbs are shaped like small cones, if you can picture that, and fluorescents come in two different shapes. You've got the long straight tubes that you've probably seen in office buildings or schools, and then you've got compact fluorescent lights, CFLs, which have a spiraled string, uh, not string, spring-like appearance. And so we're going to take a look at the mind of materials required to make each of these bulbs. We'll go ahead and start with incandescent bulbs. Now the first mind material that should be readily apparent is the glass housing for the filament. Glass is a product of melted silica, which is a rocky material similar to sand. Very grainy, very small. You melt it at high temperatures and you form it into glass. The second noticeable component that depends on mining is the filament inside the glass housing. And incandescent bulbs produce light by heating a filament with electricity to a very high temperature until the filament starts glowing and producing light because it's so hot. Tungsten is what is used for modern incandescent filaments because it has a very very high melting point, so it won't fall apart or disintegrate when heated to a high temperature like you need to to create light with incandescent filaments. The wires that connect a filament to the base of the incandescent bulb and carry the electricity that heat the filament up are often made from a nickel-iron alloy. Those are what we call the lead-in wires or the connecting wires. And third, we have the metal base of the light bulb, and that part is used to obviously screw the bulb into the socket. It's made from aluminum, and so several other materials are used to help produce an incandescent bulb. Uh, you've got steel, which is used to help wind the filament into its spiral shape, but those are three of the major features of an incandescent bulb that depend on mining. Next, we're going to move on to halogen bulbs. Halogen bulbs are another kind of incandescent bulb. You can think of them as sort of a supercharged incandescent bulb. Some main differences between halogen bulbs and incandescent bulbs are that halogen bulbs use a different gas to create light than the classic Edison incandescent bulb. Uh, while halogen bulbs also use a tungsten filament, one of the big differences between halogen bulbs and regular incandescents is the material that the housing the, is made out of, the casing. Halogen bulbs, rather than using regular glass like we would see with the Edison light bulb, typically use quartz, high silica glass, or an aluminosilicate housing. And I'll tell you why. They use that particular combination of materials with this particular 
bulb because in a halogen bulb, the filament is very, very close to the inside surface of the housing. So if you're going to heat that filament up to a high temperature, if you had a regular glass casing on a halogen bulb, when you heat that filament up, it's going to melt the glass because it's so close to the face of the casing. So halogen bulbs use different materials for their casings so that materials don't melt when the filament is heated. And finally, thirdly, we have fluorescent lights. Now the most common form of fluorescent lighting uh, are fluorescent lamps, which are the long straight tubes that you're probably familiar with from school, most likely, or businesses, commonly used in, in both kinds of buildings. And then we have compact fluorescent lights, which are bulbs that look like a spring. The glass housing is similar in appearance to an incandescent bulb, but it's wound like a spring rather than being in a round bulbish shape. Fluorescent lights differ from incandescents in that instead of using a filament to generate light, what you're doing with fluorescence is heating gas, and then the reaction of the gas when it's exposed to currents of electricity is what produces light. So the glass casing in a fluorescent light tube or bulb is made from aggregates like silica, soda ash, sand, limestone, and even recycled crushed glass from defective bulbs that for some reason or another were messed up during the production, production process. There are several coatings that are used on that glass that we derive from metals and minerals, primarily titanium dioxide and phosphor. The first of those, titanium dioxide, is a buffer between the glass tube and the mercury that's needed to help produce fluorescent light. And the second material, phosphor, is used to help prevent light depreciation so that the brightness of the light stays consistent. So at the end of the tube, and it can be at either end of the spiraled casing, but at the end of a fluorescent tube or a fluorescent bulb are tungsten cathodes. So we've still got tungsten in fluorescent lights, but there are cathodes on the end of each end of the tubes and bulbs. And what they do is they're used to conduct the electrical current through the tube. And remember, fluorescents use gas reactions from electrical currents to create light. So those cathodes made of tungsten are conducting the current through the empty tube filled with glass, uh, not glass, filled with gases, to produce the light. A final key feature of fluorescent lighting is ballasts. Now, one of the issues, and the reason why ballasts are necessary, is because when you have a fluorescent light, you cannot have it directly connected to the power source, whatever it may be drawing power from. If you did that, the fluorescent light would just progressively pull more and more electrical current through it until you got such a high reaction of gases that the light breaks. So if you don't have something to act as a buffer between the fluorescent light and the source of power to regulate the electrical flow, then you'll have a fluorescent light that will overheat and break because it just continually draws more power than it needs to an extreme level. So the thing that the, the device that regulates the electrical current in a fluorescent light is called a ballast, and those are typically used I'm sorry, not used, typically made from similar components to consumer electronics because you think that you've got basically an electrical computerized component that's regulating the flow of electricity so it doesn't get too high. So you see materials like aluminum and other metals, gold, uh, which is commonly used in electronics, silicon, which is used for computerized chips. Those kinds of materials would, what, would be what you would see in a ballast that regulates the electrical current flowing through a fluorescent light. 
and the ballast can raise or lower the amount of electricity that's conducted through the tube. So it can both put a cap on the electricity and it can put a bottom on the electricity. It should be noted as well that all of these light bulbs that I've mentioned, the incandescent bulb, the halogen bulb, and fluorescent lighting, are mass-produced using automated assembly lines, just like you would see in most modern factories. So a large amount of mine materials like steel, gold, silicon, the kinds of things that are used in factory machines and in computerized chips that control the machines and let them be smart and do what they do, a large amount of mine materials are needed for those kinds of machines, and that's an irreplaceable part of the production process. If you were to take those materials away, you'd be forced to produce these bulbs by hand, which is much more inefficient. You cannot produce near as much volume uh, or with near as much quality consistency. So in the end, whether it's through the direct materials that we see used in incandescent halogen and fluorescent lighting, the convenience of modern lighting that we enjoy every day is something we would not have without mining whether it's through the materials used in the product or through the production uh, method that creates the product. So next time you flip a switch to turn on a lamp or a light bulb in your home or your apartment, remember the miners and the metals and minerals that make it possible. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes of our podcast on iTunes, podbeam.com, or on our website, themoreyoudig.com. While you're there, subscribe so you won't miss future episodes. We've got a lot of great content we're eager to share with you, so subscribe. Then visit our website, themoreyoudig.com, where you can learn more about how we use minerals and metals in our daily lives. And until next time, remember, the more you dig, it all starts with mine.